Night Rider, a shadowy flight into the dangerous world of a man that does not exist. Champa and Klein, the Knight Rider Years, a podcast by two friends who share a love of classic 80s television. I'm your host, Dave Champa. I am your other host, Greg Klein. Gregory, I thought for a while about doing another voice like I did last week, but decided that um, it failed miserably, and I don't want to do it again. That's all right. Maybe you can end with one. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Usually I get inspired over the course of the episode to maybe launch into it, but I don't actually do that. To see your gesticulations just now would have been, I, I wish I recorded that, but they're gone forever. I'm an Italian. I'm a handsy talker. I like to I like to do this, and I like to put my hands and my thumbs up under my armpits, and I just push push those boobies out. like. <laughs> You know what movie that's from, right? I do, yeah. Yes, okay, good. It's Corky. It's Corky St. Well, it's Claire. not the movie Corky. Or Porky's. Corky St. Clair. Yeah. Um, Gregory, I got to say something. So by the time. That's enough. I've heard enough. Okay, fair enough. So by the time this episode airs, the one that we are listening to right now. Or recording uh, right now? The one that we are recording right now. So the one, the episode that we are recording right now Mm. will air on October 7th. That's correct. By the time that episode airs, you will have taken off. And left the state of Maine. That's right. Flown back and landed in the state of Maine. Mm-hmm. All before this episode releases. So weird, right? But we decided that the best way to do that, because you're going to be landing on a Wednesday when we actually record, it probably wasn't very nice to have you come all the way back after having traveled. Greg, where are you traveling to? It's going to be fun. Uh, my wife and I and uh, her side of the family... And my mother and her sister, so a bunch of us, are all traveling to Disney World. The happiest place on earth. Separately, of course. Yes. Uh, not together. But we'll be there together. Yes, you will. Oh, you and your wife are going separately? No. So my wife, my mother, and my aunt yeah. were going together. Only st- My mom and aunt's only staying for one night. Okay. Because my aunt's brother, or no, my aunt's son... My cousin yes. lives in Florida. Okay. They're going to go visit him while my wife and I stay behind at Disney um, with near the family, but not in the same resort. We will be staying at the Boardwalk. Ooh. Mm. Fancy schmancy, Gregory. It is fancy schmancy. You didn't want to stay on property? We are on property. That is Disney property? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, Never mind. There's, there's a boat direct to Epcot. <sighs> yeah, it's going to be cool. Um, before that, I mean, we'd gone a couple years ago and we stayed where everyone else stayed, like at Pop Century and like, you know, the kids section. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is all great, but we don't have kids. Right. And it's like, you know, if if we're going to use this as our vacation, we're going to vacation where we want to stay. Absolutely. And so we're going to do that. Do you, do you have, are you itinerary people? Is your wife an itinerary person? I mean, in the sense of this is what we can get done today, we should go... to here, try to get to these places. Yeah, but we're not all about. Let's plan this out. Try to get this here and here because the, li- the lines are shorter here when they first open. Yeah. So we have to go to here. Then we have to drive all the way across or come back over here and try this out. Uh, no, Good. not one bit. I are you I, guys fast passing at all? May I think for a couple rides, couple maybe, of the rides. But I, Honestly, I just don't care. Yeah, I think you're going at a good time too because the weather should be a little bit cooler. Um, it when we went last year for our 10th anniversary. Mm. It was like you walk outside and it's take your breath away humidity. Uh-huh. Nothing, there's no wind. It's just like this like stale, humid air, mm. and it, it was just it was just miserable. Not the trip itself. The weather was miserable. The trip itself was absolutely magical. It's gonna be great. I'm really excited, and it's gonna be a little different. It'll be fun to be down there with my mom because she's never gone. She's never been. No. Oh, she had, why would she would never go? Like yeah, that's true. Never. 
So, but anyway, the only reason. So we went the first time I ever went was in 1995, mm. and I believe the only reason we were ever able to go is because someone died and left my dad money. Okay, that's the only reason we went. I think because um, it was basically like if we don't go now. Before the kids grow old, get grow up, grow old, grow old, then we're not going to go. So that was that was how we ended up. Well, going did you the at first least time. like commemorate the trip? Like this is the Aunt Josephine trip. I don't know if we commemorated it, but I have very fond memories of that trip. It was the what we actually went to Disneyland. We went to California. Oh wow! Um, it was the first year Fancy. that the Indiana Jones ride had opened. Uh huh. And I remember this. My dad, we went, and it rained all morning at Disneyland. The wait for the Indiana Jones ride was three and a half hours. My father felt so bad that it was raining on our first trip ever to any Disney park that he waited in line by himself while we all went out and enjoyed the park. Why did he wait? Because he, we all wanted to ride the Indiana Jones ride, but he didn't want us to have to wait for three and a half hours. You can do that? Yeah. So what? we just Yeah. So we, he said, come back in three hours. And... We'll get in line. So we got back in three hours, and he was 15 minutes from the front of the line. So we just walked along and met him. At, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's insane. He held our spot in line all the way up to the front. What a nice guy. So he stood in line for three hours by himself while we went around the park. Okay. And that was uh, that's one of the memories. I, I have that memory. Um, I have visions of staying at the Hotel Del Coronado, <laughs> which is from the movie. I don't know if you've ever seen My Blue Heaven uh, with Steve Martin and Rick Moranis. Yes. That's where there's this like iconic scene of uh, Steve Martin and Rick Moranis and their respective dates were dancing on the beach outside the hotel. Mm-hmm. So we stayed there and it was like that ho- this big thing. We're like, oh my God, this is the My Blue Heaven Hotel. We were weird people. We had like weird, weird, we have, we are the family of weird film references. Mm. Um, we do that all the time. But yeah, so Disneyland was my first and then I didn't go again till 2006. Mm-hmm. And then I went, and then we went again for our 10-year anniversary in 2017. Wow. How many times have you gone? So you and Christy I, have been married for three years almost, mm-hmm. we together went, for how long? Almost 10. Almost 10. How many so times we have you been? five years ago. Okay. That's the first time I ever went, and that's the last time she went, but she's been almost every other year since she was a kid. Was that the same year you went to the Kennedy Space Center? Yes. Okay. That's why I, I remembered yeah. you talking about that specifically. I was like, there's no way I'm going to be like that close to it and not go. So I did oh, that. Absolutely. Did the uh, vehicle assembly building tour and the launch pad tour, which oh, was pretty fun. I'm actually yeah. really jealous that you did that. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's, it was, yeah, it was mind blowing. It's, it's a cool place to go. I wanted to go again this time, but it just, I can't afford it. It's just too, yeah, there's it's a lot. Yeah. One. Yeah. Now, what are your favorite rides at the park? Any of the parks, like not just Disney World itself, but like what what's what are like some of your favorite things to do? Exploration space. Oh yes, of course. That's, is that Epcot? Yes, it is Epcot. Okay, yeah. Um, at Epcot, also Test Track. Yep. Oh, I didn't, we didn't do Test Track. Well, no, we didn't go to Epcot for our ten year anniversary. But. Uh, I love the train that goes around the whole park. Yes. I'm a train enthusiast. The one I loved was in Tomorrowland. The one that took you around the entire park, the people mover, the people mover, mm. because it's just such a slow. Well, it's fun relax. to watch the history of that <laughs> yeah. thing and how stupid it was. Mm-hmm. How it used to go too fast and do all it just dumb. Yeah, like it seems like Disney World just kind of grew and grew and grew and grew. So like I I don't like rides really. I don't like roller coasters. Okay, I, I just I don't like it. Um, so yeah, the stuff I enjoy is slower. Spaceship Earth. Yeah. I do like the slow moving ones, like the people mover, just things where you can just mm-hmm. relax and just sit there and just watch everything. Christy's favorite is it's a small world. Oh my God, I have well, it's because her grandmother's yeah. favorite. Yeah. Yeah. So they do a new thing on It's a Small World, and I don't know if they did this with you guys five years ago. So when we went last year, I think it was a, I think that might have been the first one we went on. So we all had fast passes. So we mm-hmm. had little bracelets that you had to have. Um, no, they weren't, those weren't fast passes. They were like, that's your ticket. Yeah. It's little everything. bracelets. So somehow. Based on that, it knew what boat we were in. So when we left the ride at the end, it said, like, when it was saying goodbye on the screens, it said, goodbye, Kristen, Dave, Eva, and Lucy. On the screen as we were leaving. And I was Crazy, like, right? how did that know where we were in line, mm-hmm. what boat we were in? 
Like where? Like how does it? And it was it was clearly because yeah, it's got because the wrist the wrist the wristlet wristlet r- bracelet. Oh god, RFID tags and everything. Like you. So right now we have them. We got them already. Yeah, you can link them to your your debit card. So it's your that's yeah. It's all your food. It's your room key. Yep. It's all the park passes. It's yep. your fast pass. It's it's all the photo stuff. Yep. It's everything. Yeah. That's all that you. need. I mean, it's cool because it limits you. You don't have to bring anything with you to the park, but it's really scary. Like. How did that know? All it had all of our names on the screen as we were leaving. And I'm like, oh god, this it, is horrifying. It just, it just knows who you are. It was just absolutely terrifying. And my other favorite moment was the fireworks um, in the at the city walk at the like when you stand out in the road and you from the Magic Kingdom. Okay, and you see the fireworks go off over it. And there's a really cute video of uh, Lucy sitting on Kristen's uncle's uh, or Kristen's cousin's shoulders. Just like singing songs and watching the fireworks overhead, it was it was pretty. It was an amazing. That's yeah, pretty. Cool. It was a cool moment. But I, I just love. It's such a fun place. It really is magical, as they say. Yeah. Um. I'm really looking forward to go back to downtown Disney. Uh, yes. To, to the Lego store specifically, where they had the uh, the Lego Death Star. Have you seen this? I kit? have. Yes. Yes. It's enormous and like a thousand dollars. It's amazing. I have been desperately trying to get back into legos but they're so damn expensive i know that's the one downside like i love legos i have a bunch and i'd buy more kits like i see them every now and then at rennie's the store that we have in maine yeah yeah. um rennie's a A main adventure adventure. (laughs) and uh they have legos there every now and then and i actually bought a like a damaged box a while back it was like half off yeah you know and it's like that's the only way I can really afford Legos without like, right. putting a lot of money aside to buy something. I mean, there's one I've been looking at. It's like a 1500 piece. Like It would be a chore. But it's like a $200. And even with my discount at Target, mm-hmm. I only get 10%. Yeah. So it's going to be 180 plus an extra. So I'm only going to. It's going to be still 175 dollars. <laughs> I can't do that. But yeah. you're right. That's if, if, I, if I could have to find it secondhand. Yeah. Or slightly damaged for like. 75% off the original price because <laughs> exactly. I can't do it but like I want like one of those massive like months long uh-huh. things just going to take me forever like just throw everything out on a table and work on it over the course of a couple of That'd months. That'd be so fun. That's what I want to do and I know um Chris uh from More Gooder Than hmm. he I don't know if he's done it recently he used to do live streams of him just like doing Legos. Yeah. And I watched the first. I watched a couple of them, and they're just—it's so relaxing. Even watching someone else do Legos, <laughs> I don't know what it is about it. Like it's, and I think there's been like a resurgence of Legos mm-hmm. and like grown adults. Well, I think because setting the, Legos, the adults know? were are now were the kids then that grew up with them. So now I think they're at a point where people remember Technics and Mindstorms. It's it's all coming. It's like yeah, they've transcended the the thought of the toy. Yeah to this this learning tool it's amazing it's just it was it's just so much fun and i really want to and i also think lucy she had gotten one for christmas and did it pretty quickly and i want her to be like i want her challenge increased at almost Mm -hmm. eight and a half years old now like i want her to be able to experience bigger like more expansive lego sets you know than just like the you know the the 200 piece she'll be done in an afternoon like i want to sit down with her and do this 2000 piece lego piece like the two of us can sit at a table and work on it together that'd be awesome the 700 page manual on how to it's like its own book yeah yeah oh yeah not like the kit manual from the last episode all right do you (laughs) oh do you think they make a lego kit i know that there's a lego knight rider in uh, like in an offshoot of the game like there's uh-huh. a like Lego Worlds or I forget the name of it, um, but there's a Lego Knight Rider world in the game. But I'm wondering if you can actually buy Lego kits. Uh, I, you might be able to. It looks like there's a bunch of different stuff here. Lego Knight Rider car instructions. So they do exist. At least people have made them up. Yeah, uh, I might have to take a look at that because I would love to be able to do a uh, do a Lego do a Lego kit, if you will. Um, <laughs> So, anyways, speaking of kit, speaking of Lego, well, actually, not speaking of Legos, but speaking of kit, Greg, do we want to get into the episode today? Oh, I so want to get into the episode. I, I think so. Are you ready? I, I am absolutely ready I'm for this I'm just saying, one. Lego Dimensions makes kit number 712. What the hell is that? I can't even read that. Ooh. 71286 Knight Rider. Oh. It's a small, it's a, one of the small kits. Okay. Yeah. I want to get it. Launch year 2017. Let's get it. Mm. Um, all right, Greg, you ready for it? 
Yes. All right, let's do it, guys. It is Knight Rider Season 1, Episode 6, Just My Bill. What? I, I get it. By the end of the episode, I understood. Right. But it's still like, wait, just your bill, like your friend Bill, like from the last episode? Right. Is just it like Bill? Ju- like just my bill as in like you're at a restaurant? Uh-huh. I'll, just, I'll just have the bill. Right. Or no, it is not referring to either of those. It's referring to um, a congressional bill, uh, a power bill, not if Mr. you will. Bill. Not Mr. Bill. Oh, no. <laughs> so we're introduced to Senator Maggie Flynn. Oh, Senator. An older woman. And she is apparently very good friends with Devin. I, they don't really explain the backstory, do they? Do um, they explain the backstory of how they know each other? No, but there's there's some uh there's some details there. There's some deets. Kind of like the same kind of mystical mythical mystical mythical deets between Peter Thornton and some of his past loves. Yes. And the, his nun friends. Yes. So yeah, so I think Devin and the senator uh had had a history. I, I would agree. Yeah, I, there was there's something there. I'm not entirely sure what um, but there was, there's definitely, there's definitely a prior relationship. And, there. and if you know, and if they didn't have a history, we are certainly going to shoehorn one in. Oh yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll be, it'll be coming. Just give it, give it time. Uh, I don't know if it'll happen now, but uh, just, just wait it out. We'll, we'll get there. Um, so Maggie Flynn is fighting a bill, basically. The it's, it's a power bill, uh, and 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 according to her, it was designed to destroy the environment uh so to speak um devin is worried that her opposition to this bill will basically threaten not threaten her life but there could be some action taken against her and he's worried for her safety right and she basically says listen i'm a fighter this is not going to happen i have you prom- promise me i promise you nothing bad's going to happen and as this is happening it's intercut with scenes of um Oh, a couple hundred pounds of, of concrete on a pallet being lifted up by a crane. Mm-hmm. So you see a scene of Devin and Maggie walking along at the bottom of this um, construction site, and then it cuts to a top-down shot of the concrete being lifted. Mm-hmm. So you obviously know something is about to happen. <laughs> right. Like The foreshadowing is is great. Plus the little intro at the beginning of the DV, at the beginning, at the beginning of the episode right. shows what happens right exactly gave away uh, so i knew it was coming <laughs> right because of what we just saw at the opening those are weird right do you think were those aired i think they were yeah, like okay i feel like you would get the voiceover tonight on night rider and then you'd get that 30 second preview then you'd get the opening like those are weird <laughs> they're really bizarre because that gave away a key like, yeah well it's kind of like do i want to watch this episode right well may- maybe yeah. I mean, do you only how much like do you need to watch the whole thing to be able to like log the ratings back in the 80s? Like did you need to watch the entire 60 minutes? I don't know. To I be don't able even, to get the ratings? That, okay, that is something uh, here we are tangenting tangenting. Yeah. I don't make up words every time. Tangenting. Tangenting. Sure. Again, I don't know how those ratings how they actually work. How other than you writing back and saying what you watched or listened to. Right. Yeah, so I don't know how that worked, but yeah, y- you see this already in the op- in that opening preview. So as Devin and and, and Maggie uh, Senator Flint are talking, this pallet of concrete bags breaks off, comes crashing down. Devin pushes her and himself out of the way. The bags come plummeting to the ground, mm-hmm. uh, but not quick enough because Maggie is actually liquefied underneath, crushing her. And we cut to credits. <laughs> That's not really the end of the episode, guys. No, it's funny because Devin scrapes her up and reconstitutes her and makes her into a, a Maggie mold. He goes full on Odo. He just like molds her back in and just like creates this. <laughs> yeah, but basically this is this is where Devin's like, see, something funny's happening here. And I'm sure that was it. And I'm sure that construction site um, just went about their business and didn't, you know, right. mark that as like a, an accident for the day. You know, OSHA's not going to investigate how that pallet broke free. Oh, no, absolutely not. This is, I mean, we saw this forever in um, MacGyver. Mm -hmm. Like, things would happen, 
but then you would get no repercussions and nothing would ever be addressed. Right. So the idea that somebody had just attempted to kill Senator Flynn by dropping hundreds of pounds of concrete. Allegedly kill. Allegedly kill with hundreds of pounds of concrete never gets addressed because in the next scene, Bonnie is making adjustments to Kit's laser ducts and Kit is having an orgasm by telling Bonnie she, he could basically like, you could touch me all day, essentially is what <laughs> Kit is saying <laughs> Thank to you. her. Thank you, Maggie. You can fix me anytime you want. Oh. And Michael is very desperately trying to... He's flirting with Bonnie. Badly. So Very badly. badly. And you, he's like, he's so awkward with her. Like, she's like, what, Michael, what? He's like, what? Um, nothing. I've got to go. Left a right. chicken in the blender. <laughs> right, exactly. And so Devin, Devin basically blue balls Michael in this next scene. Michael had a date with some woman, and I forget, I don't even know if there was, there was a name given. So Michael had a date but Devin proceeded to, prior to the scene, we don't see it, but Devin called the date off by calling this woman and saying that Michael will reschedule, but he needed something more important. So Devin just went ahead and called up and canceled the date on Michael. What a dick. I love it. I, lo- I mean, I, I'm loving these characters like so much. I, oh, I know. Michael Absolutely. Michael is just such this, this bubbly, weird little boy, and Devin is, is this really like impish like yeah he's like he, he he comes across as being stern but he isn't how much guy roberts do you think we're gonna get as the series goes on oh man i think oh. we haven't actually mentioned that yet in six episodes yeah but Devin is played by one of our favorite secondary characters from macgyver from way back i think in season three not even secondary single episode single episode characters he played a guy named guy roberts who was like an old Errol Flynn swashbuckling type of actor. But I fell in love with him the second he showed up on screen. He was such like a, he was kind of like a dandy. Like he was just like very, like very over the top with everything he did. Like very old Hollywood. Yeah. Like and it, it was, ah, oh, it was great. And so I was really excited that we now have that thread to work with and we get to see. So this is, this is how the, the universe connects. So Devin, he's 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 British. Yeah. Um this other guy Guy, yes, is also British. Yes. They they both share an uncle together. Okay. So um Guy, they're related. So that's where the Guy came from money but went into acting and kind of lost a lot of his money. Yep. Uh towards the end. But uh Devin's side, um he can you know, they they maintained their money and invested it. Okay. Um so they are they are related in some distant some distant realm. I love it. I think that's. I'm gonna have to flesh that out a bit more. There's your there's your thread connecting universe right there. Yeah, I love it. So yeah, so Devin calls off this date on Michael's behalf because Michael now has a new mission, and his mission is to protect protect Senator Flynn. And I love this. Michael's like, um, but I thought the Foundation does not get involved in anything political. And Devin's like, well, I suppose we're going to have to bend the rules now, aren't we? Yeah, he's like, well, we don't mostly. And Michael's like, oh, okay, I see. I get it. I see. I and this see is what I like about on. Devin. Like, there are these rules which we haven't been privy to yet. They just exist, I right. guess. And Devin's just like, ah, let's do whatever we want. Right. So that's the first rule we hear about whatever this foundation is, is the foundation does not get involved in any political doings. What do you think Wilton will think about this, huh, Dev? <sighs> he's rolling in his grave right now. Yeah. Oh God! Oh, do you think Wilton's just in Kit's trunk? <laughs> is that is that how they, he's getting powered? They, they buried him in the trunk. Is that how he's getting powered? In the upholstery. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they sewed him into the upholstery. Powered by Wilton. <laughs> oh, God. Or or he he is the upholstery. <laughs> <laughs> no. Moving along. So Michael accepts the job and he heads over to Senator Flynn's office and we get this goofy scene of Michael trying to park Kit in an unauthorized parking spot but then just makes up his own space and then we get this like really like kind of slapsticky moment where this like goofy cop keeps seeing Kit at different points in the parking garage but Kit keeps moving and I wrote here at this point the first time the cop sees Kit and tries to call the police to get Kit towed. We see Kit back up, but we also see the guy backing Kit up in the driver's seat. <laughs> oh, I didn't see him. Oh, yeah, no, there's totally a guy just like sitting in the passenger seat backing Kit up. That's awesome. It's very clearly. I, I want to make a, a point to this this parking garage and, and Michael driving in general. 
and how it's total crap. Oh, Michael's the shittiest driver he I've ever seen. He's one of the worst. He just changes lanes like willy-nilly, no turn signals. Yeah. And if you notice, when they're pulling into the um, the uh, this parking garage, he takes a left and it set and it clearly says keep right and yeah. he just ignores it and goes yeah, somewhere no, else. No, he's the shittiest driver I've ever seen. It's just like what are you doing? You're trying I would be assume that you're trying to keep Kit kind of secret still. Right. Right. No. He's that's why he has Kit, I mean Kit Kit kind of takes over for him in those very I just uh, love it how hazardous he's like, moments. He's like he's so mad that he can't find a parking space and he's like forget it we're parking here. And he just makes up his own spot and it's like a handicap spot. Yeah. But yeah, and so we get like a couple of scenes of this cop who keeps seeing Kit in different spots, right? Trying to get Kit towed. Kit disappears. Um, so Michael goes into Senator Flynn's front office and he meets Jane, and immediately starts flirting. <laughs> but like Jane's like immediately annoyed by him. Oh yeah, what do you want? Who are you? Yeah, I have a meeting. Okay, well, all right. Okay, sure. What? Who? Who are you? I'm here to I'm here to meet with uh, Senator Flynn. Well, she'll be back in a few minutes. Oh. I'm I'm Michael Knight. Oh, okay. She's expecting you, but she's she's not here, so we'll just wait. Right. Would you mind shutting the door, please? Right. So he goes to <laughs> shut the door, but as he goes, he actually looks out and sees Senator Flynn. And she's arguing with a guy named Forbes. Now, she suspects that Forbes is supporting this power bill because the company that wants to put this bill forward uh, and wants to build the power plant is funding Forbes's campaign, which is why Senator Flynn is like, you're in favor of this bill because they're giving you money. Mm-hmm. Um, so she leaves and Michael meets up with, with, with Maggie and is escorting her to the news studio where she's due to like make this big appearance. Um, while Michael is in the garage looking for Kit, there's at this point an unnamed gentleman who's sitting in a car like a little ways off who tries to run Maggie over in the parking garage, but <laughs> Kit shows up out of nowhere mm-hmm. and kind of like deflects it and sends the car off and the car drives away. Michael yells, Maggie, get in the car. She's like, okay. And just like, yeah. takes forever to get in the car. And then proceeds to go on a very long car chase. <laughs> this is the funny thing, though, because Michael is supposed to protect Maggie. Right. But while Maggie is in the car, he decides to pursue the other car. Yes. At incredibly high speed. It was a good chase sequence, actually. Now, this chase sequence, did you happen to recognize any part of this chase sequence? I did not. Have you seen the Naked Gun movie? I have. The first one. I have. Do you remember when Stephanie is taking driving lessons? Yes. And they drive down that ramp? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same ramp. Is it really? Yep. See, totally. You're, you're way better at picking that stuff out than I am. Totally the same ramp. The same kind of like where all that stuff was going on. And we see the same truck. In this chase scene twice, that beige pickup. Oh, really? It pulls across the screen twice in two different sections. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. Um. So, of course, now Michael and the senator are now in the car. Who's in the car? They chase after this guy who gets away after a couple minutes. Like, they get side so They get side stop. They get stopped because the guy drives away and then this, like, semi gets in the way of Michael and they can't go any further. Mm. Michael runs the plates because kit has instant replay which is basically a security camera which is essentially uh the uh, the camera footage that we saw as an audience <laughs> right just superimposed on right. the kit's screen right exactly so they have that and they run they run the plates which kit has already before michael even asks kit has already sent the plates into the police and our our senator friend here maggie she's like oh my god what is this car and like because it ta- she realizes it talks i mean michael's not trying to hide anything from her Right, and then she's like, "Oh, that's right. Devin said the foundation was working on a vehicle like this." Right, yeah. So she's kind of knows about it. Yeah, which is oh, cool. I guess. I mean, that's kind of a cool thing. I mean, they obviously we know that um, Devin and Maggie go back a long way, so it's kind of nice to know now, that she it, at least has. Now, some I'm going to assume that Kit's been pretty top secret. Yeah. Do you oh, think yeah. that? Do you think that Devin told Maggie under the strictest confidence uh, in the boudoir? <sighs> I really hope so. <laughs> I know. Over a glass of scotch. Devin's a scotch in, guy. In his, right? uh, I, I, I would assume so. I, I would imagine. But or he, would, he would partake. Do you think Maggie is that much of a bulldog that she's going to be drinking scotch in bed <laughs> with Devin? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's, she's a ball buster. She's a scotch lady. Yeah. Absolutely. No question. <laughs> Sounds good. Let's go with that. Um, so Devin is now nervous because he realizes that th- things are, things are progressing in a way that he doesn't like. So he basically set, has Maggie brought 
to a like a retreat or like a safe house from of the foundation, like a foundation safe house, basically, mm. to keep her safe. Because it's a safe house. Because it's a safe house, and that's where you keep people safe. But as we learned from 80s television, safe houses are never safe. Of course not. <laughs> Ever. Uh, so she's making her appearance on the news. So after after she gets, she gets on the news, and we see this guy. His name is Mr. Dixon. Mr. Dick. Son. Dick's son. Oh, okay. It's Dick's son. Mr. Dick's son. He's from the power company. And he and Forbes are watching Maggie basically destroy this bill. Right. So she states on the news, she says that the power bill, the Portage River power bill, she says, it's an attempt by a handful of greedy profiteers to exploit the people and the resources to the state. Uh, And so with this bill... They're going to turn this big valley into a desert, and the people living there are going to have to buy back the water and the power that rightfully belongs to them. So she's, like, destroying this company on 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 the news. Sure. I can see it. She's fighting for the people of the land. Absolutely. Uh, so after the news, and we get another one of Kit's uh, a kit, kit mode, he has a surveillance mode, apparently. I love it. They come out of the station, sit and sit back down in Kit, and Michael push, pushes a couple of buttons, which just sounds like a telephone. And I feel like the senator, every time he does something like that, the senator's like, well, what are you doing now? <laughs> oh, kit. I'm checking Kit's surveillance mode. He can detect anything within a 200-yard radius. I was like, oh. I'm like, Wow, that's huge. That's a really big radius. 200-yard radius. Yeah. All, yeah. So <laughs> anything that comes within that 200 yards that seems suspicious, Kit's going to Kit's going to log that. Uh, oh, what wouldn't it be awesome if like on Kit's bumper there's a bunch of like, you know, like when when airplanes would like go on bombing missions or how many planes they shot down to get like a plane on the side. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. got like all kinds of like small animals and things. <laughs> like all the mistakes Kit's made just obliterated the wrong stuff electrocuted <laughs> dogs that tried to pee on him you know little, little. it's like the scene in what is a good day at white rock where yeah. he scares the dog right he scares the dog away but instead of scaring the dog away he kills it, it just electrocutes it <laughs> oh oh dear oh <laughs> michael like, will need another this sticker. claw comes out and just pulls the dog inside and up into the undercarriage where he uses now the dog oils <laughs> To fuel the car. <laughs> yeah, and the kid's just like rocks back and forth a bit. The dog is dragging. He's like. <laughs> and the next scene, there's a, a little boy nailing a, have you seen my dog sign up on the book? <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> oh, man. That's amazing. Kid's got a dark side. <laughs> so this scene I love. I love this next scene. So we're back at the senator's office and Devin's there. And according to Maggie... Devin at this point is trying to not so subtly blackmail her into leaving town, but like I don't I love I don't, this. But I don't understand it. Like, I, how did it? How did it work? So he basically tells her that the foundation has set up this international conference, and Maggie's like, "Yeah, I know. I'm the one who actually helped set this whole thing up." And so Devin says, "Well, actually, the uh, the the speaker that we we had hired unfortunately had to cancel," and Devin sort of like. Not so subtly suggests that Maggie Mm -hmm. go to the retreat in the speaker's place. And Maggie's like, you trying to blackmail me? I don't think it's blackmail. Because she mentions it in the episode, like in the line. She mentions. I think it's the wrong term for blackmail. I think she might have been. I don't know if she was using it wrong, but I thought it was very. I was like, how is. And I'm thinking to myself, how is that blackmail? Because Devin's just saying to her. You need to leave, basically telling her that she needs to leave town by not actually telling her. Because this, because basically blackmail is when you hold information as like as ransom almost. Or okay, so blackmail one the action tr- the the action treated as a criminal offense of demanding money from a person in return for not revealing compromising inju- or injurious information about that person. Was there something that Devin knew about her? No. So Basically, Devin just wanted her out of town for a couple days so that they could square away who was trying to kill her. I, yeah, I think they just came up with some bullshit story to get her to leave town. Because it didn't to, make a whole say- hell of a lot of sense. Because I thought of it, too, when she's like, well, this is just you're just trying to blackmail me. I'm like, no, he, that's not blackmail. He's not, he's not doing anything. What are you talking about? Right. So Unless. But, what? That night with the scotch. Oh, mm. you think he's holding that over her head? Or something. <laughs> what do you think she did with that cork? Blackmail. Moving along. So basically, Devin tells her 
like the speaker of the international conference had to cancel why don't you go speak in her place and and um maggie's like i know what you're trying to do i can't leave right now this bill cannot pass and De- and michael's like well why don't you just go the vote's not for a couple days you're just going to be out of here for a couple days before before the vote just get out go enjoy and, you know and the reason was my i was like michael couldn't continue his investigation while still protecting right. her. He's like, she needs to go somewhere else so I can ruffle some right. feathers. I can't protect her and try to investigate who's trying to kill her. Right. Um, and unsurprisingly, so Devin leaves with Maggie to the retreat. Yep. And unsurprisingly, the man who tried to kill her in the parking garage is just sitting outside with a newspaper. This guy was some frumpy dude. Oh my God, he was the worst. I, I don't know. <laughs> I can't I can't place him. I, I Like, he's an everyman kind of... Like like muscle. This is his guy. thing. Yeah, this is totally. He's uh, definitely uh, done this before. Uh, um, so shockingly, he gets in his car and follows Devin and Maggie to the retreat. Of course, <laughs> absolutely. Um, so Kit gets the plates back. So I got a question though. Yes. Why didn't Kit's two hundred yard radius surveillance pick up this guy who was sitting outside the senator's office? Right. Or pick up the car? Or pick up any sort? I. 200-yard radius surveillance uh, perimeter in optimum conditions on flat ground at 70 degrees, 50% humidity. But what was he looking? He wouldn't have... Kit wouldn't have known this guy's face because they never got a look at his face. So Then then why would a surveillance system do you any good anyway? Except to, quote-unquote, run the plates, which is what they did. But they just took footage from the episode. Did you see what kind of car this guy was driving? Yeah, what was... It was a... um, was it a, sh- sh- uh, damn it? I I had to write onto a Ford, a Ford. I can't remember. It's it's gonna come to me. I'm I'm looking it up on the Night Rider archive site God, right I'm an now idiot. as as we go through it. So he follows her. So so Michael, not Michael. Uh, Kit gets the plates back, and according to the plates, the car was a rental. Oh, which, of course, which does them no good. But the credit card used was from a man named Brian Owendorf. Who is one of Maggie's oldest supporters? Okay. Now I love this next scene because Michael goes to Brian's office to like have a little chat yeah. and kind of like try to figure out what his part in this whole thing is. God, and he and he puts it on smooth with an with the. Uh... Oh, of course he does. Yeah. Um, but when he gets in there, he leaves Jane in the car with Kit all by herself, and Kit starts. <laughs> I drop. I just <laughs> nearly knocked the mic stand over. Kit starts talking to her. Hey, Jane. I heard that you went to Stanford University. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, and that so we actually we learn that part of Kit's circuitry was built at Stanford, and it's great. And Kit's so funny because Kit's just like he wants to actually like talk shop he with her, to have a conversation. So, I heard he went there. I, part of my circuitry was designed there. It's a good school. <laughs> Do you know anyone in the electrical department? They probably worked on me. Like he was really trying to and, just have and a she's conversation. Just like, she's just like shut up. She's I like, want to get out of here. I don't want to talk to you at all. Um, <laughs> So Michael like lays it on pretty thick with this woman in Brian's office, and she's like, "Well, um, do you have an appointment? No, no, I'm just I'm just an old friend of Brian's. It's just you know that's that's all. I'm just here to I'm just here to chat, just to say hello." So she goes in to talk to Brian, and when Brian looks out at Michael, she he sees Michael like going through files, which is funny. Like, was Michael? <sighs> I can't see. This is the point where I can't tell if Michael was doing that because he didn't think he was being observed or because he knew he was going to be observed. I, I have no idea because it freaks Brian out and Brian just bails. Right. So I'm going to assume that Michael didn't think that he would be noticed rummaging through their files. Right. So Brian tells the assistant, why don't you stall for me while I get out of here? And Michael's like, so Mike, so the, the assistant comes out to try to stall. Mike's like, no, I'll just go in and talk to him. And he looks outside and sees him like running down the back alley. Yeah, he hears the door slam and he looks in his office and the, the door's open and he keeps following open doors all the way out. And here's this guy like running down the back alley. Like it's like the same difference of like if someone's chasing you, why not just run in the middle of a baseball field? Right. You know, like this guy didn't try to hide. He just kind of ran down a street. Right. Exactly. Like when a moose, like when moose or deer get stuck on railroad tracks, they'll just keep following the tracks without turning to the left or right. Yeah. And just get run over. They'll just get obliterated. Right. <laughs> there's some there's some pretty gnarly YouTube videos of engineers like blowing the horn and, get and like out the away. moose is like not they're like move and the moose is just galloping and galloping and then whoop. And you can't I mean the train can't stop. It won't stop. <laughs> won't stop. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry. Um now I love this next scene because Michael like radios to Kit as he's running down the alley and Kit takes off with Jane 
and I like this chase down. They're basically like they corner Brian in an alley, but I like Kit who's just like weaving in and out of the alleys, just like chasing after Brian. And basically they corner him down in the back. Um, and it comes out, and I actually kind of appreciated this that like Brian's not that bad of a dude, right? And Michael apologized because like Brian's like. I'm so I'm sorry you just you freaked me out and Michael's like why did you run like the question that most people would ask well if you're incident incident if you're innocent why did you run right you know and he's like I'm sorry I saw you rummaging through the files you just freaked me out I thought you were more of those goons and Michael's yeah. like what goons what are you talking about and it and it helped that what's her name Jane <laughs> Jane Jane oh, I don't want to say Bonnie because Bonnie is the one who's you know giving handies to Kit <laughs> back in the day. Anyway, so Jane, Jane, yes, is there. So it leads, it gives credence to Michael's presence. So right. this guy is like, he just starts saying, you know, people have come in, they've roughed us up, they've stolen a bunch of stuff, this and that. So I thought you were these guys again, you know, you know, giving us death threats and all this stuff. And Michael's like, what did they steal? Like a bunch of our papers, my checkbook, all this other stuff. Oh, okay, that's interesting. Yeah, and he's like, oh wait a second, one more thing, they stole my credit cards. Right, exactly. So. So I'm at this point, I'm like, okay, if you, they stole your credit cards, why didn't you report it? Or did you just say that to cover your tracks and you just threw your credit cards out? Right, exactly. So I don't know. I didn't really trust him all the way yet. I didn't, but I appreciated that there was at least a little bit of closure with this scene. <laughs> right. And Michael asked the right questions. Like, why'd you run? And he answered very honestly, or mm. so we think, so we see at this point. I don't know. I just thought it was a kind of a nice scene to kind of bring bring a little bit of closure to that. So we cut to this quick scene at the conference where Maggie runs into this gentleman named Professor LeClaire, who is the supposed speaker who Devin said canceled. Oh, right, right. And so Maggie's like, oh, I thought you canceled. And the Professor right. LeClaire's like, oh, I, I, I was told that you canceled. Right. And Maggie's like, isn't that funny how we both thought you were canceling? <laughs> and she turns to look at Devin, and Devin just like holds his glass up. And it's pretty <laughs> awesome. It was just <laughs> it, you know, smooth it's funny. MF. <laughs> Devin's great. I love there, it. There's an interesting uh, backstory though with uh, with the professor. That did you know that he was the uh, inventor of the automatic eclair machine? Really? So Professor Eclair created the eclair machine, and even though his last name was Leclair, Leclair, yeah, the Professor Leclair created the eclair machine, and it it it's like um it, it makes eclairs. This is the dumbest backstory you've ever created. <laughs> Devin, but Bank. I really wanted a Claire right now. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Devin Bank helped bankroll it with the Knight Foundation. That sounds about right. I mean, we know as the Phoenix Foundation is just a think tank that just does something with lots and lots of money. Mm-hmm. I think this is gonna. We're gonna find out that this is the same thing with the Foundation from Knight Rider, where they're just gonna like foot the bill for everything. I think at the end of the episode, doesn't Michael say, <laughs> "Yeah." Yeah, we're going out to dinner. You order whatever you want, and don't look at the prices. I know. Don't look at the prices. The foundation's picking it up. And Devin's like, "Oh, are we really? Okay. Oh, oh he says, am I? Oh, am I? So Devin is the foundation. I think so. Is that is that what's happening here? Like, is Devin the foundation? <laughs> I think we're gonna have to figure that out. Is there an actual foundation, or is it just right. Devin? Oh, are they just gonna refer to the mysterious foundation, and we'll never actually know what the foundation is? That Devin. Devin actually is Wilton Knight, and Wilton Knight was a was was Devin's butler. Okay, and they switched roles because the butler was dying. I love it. And Devin, the real Wilton Knight, wanted to erase his tracks and start a new life. I love that. That's that's the answer right there. You think? Yep. Okay. That's it. Done. So. We get a quick cut out to the guy that we've been seeing for a while in the car, whose name is Luger. Um, <laughs> what a terrible name. Luger and Dixon. <laughs> so he calls Dixon to tell him that Maggie is like, Maggie's all by herself. She's isolated up at the retreat. That guy that she's been with is nowhere to be found. We don't know where he is. And so Dixon's like, you keep her there using whatever methods you can. And so then we cut back to Michael and Jane at breakfast. Flirting. Yeah, of course. Um when Jane gets a phone call that somehow Forbes got his men to push the bill through the committee the night before without Maggie there, and he's going to bring it up for a vote before the full Senate. Maggie's Mm. not there. He's going to try to get this thing pushed through without Maggie's opposition because he knew Maggie was all out of town. Okay. Michael is all about Jane, by the way. He's making her breakfast. He's pouring her coffee. I know. He somehow gets into her house. I know. Because he asks her, how'd you get here? (laughs) Like... 
Ooh, buddy. It's so weird. Wowzers. <laughs> but, I mean, I couldn't help but notice that her dress and the tablecloth, like, Clashed. Isn't that what people did in the eighties? Like, like, don't they try to coordinate and? Maybe, oh no, they clashed. No, this I they they were okay on their own, but when they were on screen together, it it made my brain hurt. Yeah, <laughs> that's all I can say. Two airheads. <laughs> yeah, right. Two airheads in one room. So Michael makes the decision that they're going to go get her. So he and Jane go, and he goes to call the retreat but realizes that he can't get through because the phone lines are dead, and we get a quick scene of Forbes's guys like up on the phone lines just like just cutting random wires. I know. <laughs> These goofy dudes just cutting power lines and like all kinds of stuff. I'm like, what are you... Okay. And then right. they set up a roadblock, which they weren't even blocking the road. I'm just going to say, I think that where all this stuff was shot was the same area that um, um, uh, the White Rock episode it was It really shot. felt... Like that, all the bike scenes. I bet you these are all. I mean, they have to. Be We're going to see a area. lot of reused sets. I would right. bet. Um, so Michael heads up to stop them. Mm-hmm. Um, very easily plowing through the first roadblock. <laughs> very easily plowing through the first. Pretty roadblock. much, just like dodges them. Right? Does he dodge them at this one, no. or does he hit the? So, does he jump them? He so the first ro- so the first one. There are two guys pulled over the side of the road trying to wave him down to get him to stop. He just blows right by, and then the next one, the cars are like you know in a V shape in the road, and Michael turbo boosts over them. Oh, that's right. And this is the one where where she's like, Michael, Michael, what are you doing? And Michael hits turbo boost, and Kit takes off. And just he just smiles. And from from the the sh- the shot where the car's jumping, you can see like the hood of Kit kind of pop open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In this shot, and it's funny because the. I, I have to figure. I don't know. We got to see. Like, I wish we could see full footage of these jumps. We're never going to see those because it looks like the the center of gravity on these Trans Ams is so far forward that it nose dives every single time, and like it looks like it's about to just plow into the ground, but it lands perfectly. Yeah. I wonder how many cars they went through. I I can't imagine. I have to imagine it was a lot, probably dozens and dozens of cars yeah. over the course of the four years. So. In a very quick sequence, they get to the retreat location, they get Maggie, tell her what's happening with the vote, they get her back in the car, Michael and, and Senator Flynn, mm-hmm. and then they just leave, and Maggie's like, how are we going to get out of here? Oh, I got the, uh, we'll go out the back way. That's the hilarious thing. So Michael drives, what's her name? Bon, not Bonnie, Jesus Jane. Christ. Jane. Drives Jane all the way out there. And then she, Jane, and Maggie switch places. Michael gets back in the car. He drives off through a fence. Right. And then tries to get around the roadblock, escaping, trying to get her back to town to vote on the bill. And I love that he bypassed that roadblock again by just going around them. I know. (laughs) He just, like, went out onto the dirt. These guys are such (laughs) chumps. And so then they start chasing after Michael. Um, They all get in their cars and chase. And then the next scene we get is that... Apparently, because this is now considered a terrorist attack, they've <laughs> called in the National Guard right. to bring these guys down. That's it. I was like, the fucking what? Basically, he, he t- how does he do it? He tells Kit to call the government or the National Guard. Yeah. How How is this a terrorist attack? I don't know. They're not terrorists. <laughs> and there's there's six of them. Right. There's six bonehead jabronis who just like... Like, oh, we'll just set up this roadblock when we're sitting literally in desert. Right. <laughs> that he can go around. It's it's the dumbest shit. And then there's this one just stock footage scene of like this uh, helicopter taking off. Yeah. With some voiceover. Okay, we're going to come out there and blah, 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 blah. Right. Blah. And so they use Kit's rocket thrusters uh-huh. and he blasts way ahead of the guys, but they somehow catch him again. Yes. <laughs> very, very quickly. Kit smoke screens them. Sending one of them over the hill, and then a couple more guys catch Michael uh, and Kit by helicopter. So apparently these guys have a helicopter. Out of the blue. Right. Like, out of the blue. Well, this is because because Jabroni uh, Luger calls um, Dinkbag back at the, you know, that's grand mastering all this shit. Right. And he's like, all right, I'll take care of it. So I guess he called the helicopter. Now, I don't know where they are. But this is all like immediate. I think we're losing hours and hours of time. There has to be a passage of time because this takes place in like a four-minute sequence. That, right. 
should not have taken place over four minutes. But I have to say, okay, this helicopter that shows up, there's the pilot and there's a guy in the back with the doors open firing like rocket propelled grenades or something yeah. down there. But I love, this is just, you know, I love the colors on the helicopter yeah. right out of the 70s and 80s. Like it had that, that these weird earth tone designs in the back. It's like, that's what I remember my toys looking like. Yes. I'm like, they really made them. Yes, absolutely. So, my favorite line in the entire episode proves how stupid Michael Knight is. So as Kit is being bombarded by rockets and missiles, Michael asks Kit, can you take a direct hit? And Kit responds, I'd rather not find out. He asked this exact same question with the exact same response in the third episode of the series. I know. I, and I had the same comment in my mind as I was watching this. But if you remember last episode, he used Kit... To snuff sticks of dynamite. Yes. And Kit was fine. Right. So why would Kit rather not want to find out if he could take a take a missile blast when he literally sat over a bomb and did no external damage? Maybe we find like Kit's like a reverse turtle. <laughs> that his strength is from underneath, not from the top. Whereas let's, a turtle, if let's you assume it- that because good gravy. I, I just think, Mikey, you're such a dummy. Even more so in the next scene when Michael opens the top of Kit and then climbs onto the helicopter that's directly above him. And leaves the senator behind. He's like, he tells Kit, all right, I'm leaving. You're on your own, buddy. Doesn't right. address the senator at all. Doesn't address Maggie. And she's like, what are you doing? Right. Right. And Michael just, Michael climbs out onto the helicopter. And this is what's great. So Kit's driving along. Michael climbs up onto the helicopter, grabs the guy with the bazooka, pulls him out. Then climbs up, fights with the pilot. Right. Pulls the pilot out of the helicopter. You know, like you do, you can pull pilots out of helicopters. Sure. sure. Michael grabs the controls, jumps in, flies the helicopter because he knows how to fly a helicopter. Of course because he does. He does mention that he used to be in the special forces. I think right. the second time you mentioned that. Yeah, absolutely. Michael flies to catch up with Kit. Now, I was thinking, he's going to land the helicopter, he's going to get out and walk back over to Kit and the Senator. I love what he does! I (laughs) couldn't believe this! I love this! I'm like, okay, (laughs) Michael hovers along next to Kit, gets out of the helicopter, as you do, and gets back into Kit, and allows the helicopter to go willy-nilly... And crash over a hill. And the camera stays on this until it crashes. So the, the helicopter's just like weaving back and forth and it goes up over the side of a hill and this big explosion just hits. And I'm just like, wh- wh- uh, wh- uh, why would you do that? Just land it. It was unbelievable. It was <laughs> unbelievable. So meanwhile, back on Capitol Hill, mm. uh, Dixon and Forbes are panicking because they've gotten word that Maggie is on her way back to the Capitol to oppose this bill. So they're really trying to push this. They're like, "Oh, oh, didn't you? Didn't you hear? Didn't you hear, Congressman? Uh, Senator Flynn is 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 re- redacting her. She's withdrawing her opposition on the bill. I, I don't know. I don't know what happened. She's she's just had a change of heart. She wants the bill to go through. And they're like, Senator Flynn, really." She's going to oppose. Yeah, I don't know what happened. She just withdrew her opposition. It's just interesting. Smells like shit to me. Yeah, he's like, let's just go ahead and we'll start the meeting. So they start the proceedings. But just in time, Senator Flynn comes in and goes, I would like to express my opposition to this bill. And you see Dixon just like, Uh, and then like everyone turns around and starts applauding her arrival. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. It was great. And so Dixon like starts trying to leave the the uh, um the Capitol building <laughs> runs out to the cops who have just arrested Luger. Luger has literally ratted out Dixon for everything. <laughs> and then they arrest Dixon <laughs> right there and and Devin's there and Michael's there and they have like this big like smiley smile fest at the end. <laughs> you got him. <laughs> It was unbelievable. Unbel- and as as we do with these shows, they're all riding back to dinner in kit, talking to the center on the on the on the speaker. Yeah, so this is great. Michael's driving. Um uh Jen. Jane. Jane. Close. I'm never gonna remember. You were close. Jane is in the passenger seat and Devin's in the back seat of Kit. Yes. Which there's room. Right. But not a lot. Right. And he's like all crammed in there, and they're all kind of having this conversation through the communication system with Maggie. Right. 
It's great, and they're just talking. It's absolutely like, great. Maggie's like, I'm, I wish I could be there for your celebratory dinner, but I can't. I have to go off and do this other stuff. And and like, they're, it's just so funny. They're going to go off and they're going to celebrate you know, the win. Yeah. Whatever. And so they get to the restaurant, and they, they get ready to get out, and they're leaving. And this is when I said that uh, Michael says, you know what, Jane? He's like, you get whatever you want. You don't even look at the price. It's on the foundation. And Devin's like, oh, is it? Oh, is it really? <laughs> I, guess I'm, I guess I'll pay for it. And so that. the valet comes out to try to park kit and kit we this is the first time kit has taught has spoken to someone not involved with the foundation or directly with a mission right he says to the valet i'm sorry i prefer to park myself and just like peels out and drives away doesn't like kit drives like a dick too like yes, floors it and like like every every single turn kit does sounds like you're on a, on a squeaky parking garage <laughs> yes, floor exactly unbelievable and so i love that the valet is just like <laughs> scratching his head like g- 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 horse apples g- 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 <laughs> yeah and so everyone shares a good laugh over kit being a dick to the valet i know and then we i think it freeze frames and we cut to credits that's, right and that's that's the end of the episode now now okay so this is the 80s 82 yep where do you think they're going to eat like i couldn't tell everything was like dark wood paneling uh, like like a an uh, not an Applebee's, but like um, I don't know the Sizzler, <laughs> could be Sizzler. I don't going know. Going to a steakhouse? Yeah. Okay. Let's say maybe it's a high end steakhouse. I'm looking or, at restaurants established in 1982. <laughs> or do you think that it was where Devin normally goes, and Michael doesn't realize it till it's too late? He's like, oh, oh shit, I, I can't get a burger here. Oh, okay. This is where it was. I'm just gonna tell you right now. This is the you area. found this it? Is, no. But it's well, actually no, because is this in Florida or California? I'm going to say California. Ah, damn it! Well, where it, is it? This a is chain. a place in Florida. It's Via Napoli Pizzeria. <laughs> I feel like that's where Michael would go on a date. He would just go to a straight up pizzeria. Oh, do you think Devin's their chaperone? Olive Garden was uh, uh, established in 1982. Do, do you remember Hilltop Steakhouse? And I think it's in, yes, it was in Saugus. In I Mass. do remember that. Yes. So anybody from the East Coast, there's an awesome place called Hilltop Steakhouse. Uh, iconic if you ever drove up Route 1 with a gigantic cactus like lit, uh, lit up yes. and all the fake pl- cows out front. Unfortunately, it's gone now. But yeah, someplace like that. <laughs> I, I think that's the one. I would say, yeah, I, maybe something like that. Um, on the Border also uh, established in 1982. Okay. Uh, maybe they went just to the Mexican Grill and Cantina. <laughs> they could have done that. <laughs> I'm just trying to think what the price point would have been, like in 1982 dollars. So like the most expensive dish. I don't know. What, at a steakhouse? Yeah. You're thinking about it like I maybe mean, a filet mignon? Sure. I mean, at $1982. $1982? I mean, Michael's double cheeseburger. You think? Probably the most expensive item With, on the, the menu. Kobe beef? Yeah, exactly. It's that's, Kobe beef burger. That's exactly what it was. Greg, what'd you think of this episode? Did you like it? I loved it. I I, too. I don't know I why. Really it too. was so it was so much fun to watch all the way through. It was absurd, but I loved the dialogue. It was so it was quippy but not not like cliche and stupid yeah it was a lot of fun yeah michael was fast i mean i really like devin i love devin i'm glad that they kind of gave him this episode to shine yeah. a little bit like it was really fun to see like it, it was kind of directly related to him because this woman who is in danger had a history with devin yeah you know and i really liked that they brought him to the forefront of the episode like i see devin as like having this really really sordid past like he he found himself in this position but in the beginning he was doing like black ops or something like that yes and has like these there are things he will never talk about he just has like this heavy weight buried in there someplace ah do you think we'll ever get a backstory to devin i don't know i sincerely hope so i want to write one I can't wait. I can't wait to hear it, Greg. Oh, Devin. Um, I'm going to land square on the red turtleneck. Yeah. This is a four star for me. I, I, I absolutely loved it. Again, the only reason I'm not giving it a five is I just think the bad guys are fucking morons. Yes. Luger was a douchebag. And I completed hated idiot. him so much. But everything else... Like for I know we're only six episodes into the series, but like they're really, you know, you got to wonder at what point are they going to start struggling with finding things to do about a TV show involving a guy in his car. <laughs> Much like MacGyver stopped using MacGyverisms around season six, at what point are they going to start to run out of ideas to utilize both Michael 
and Kit. Well, Kit's just like a big Swiss Army knife, so you can do whatever That's you true. want with Kit. That's a good point. It just, I mean, they can make it amphibious. They can make it, you know, go into space. They can make it go underwater. Yeah, I don't know. You can do whatever you want. All right, all right. I'll go with that. Absolutely. Um, so where would you land on your grading? You know, I I want to get I want to give it a red turtleneck. But I'm right there. I kind of want to put a turbo boost in there, too. Yeah? It's not a five because those guys were idiots. Right. But I enjoyed it all the way through. And I think it was because I really liked seeing more screen time with Devin. Yes. I'm going to give it a red turtleneck and a turbo boost. Four and a half stars. So four and a half? Yeah. All right. I like that. Well done, sir. Thank you. Four and a half stars. All right, cool. Everybody remember our, our rating system, huh? You remember that? If you don't if you don't remember it, go to the website and find out. <laughs> um did uh Kit fuel up? No. No, he did not. Uh do we want to count Jane in the number of women that Michael I will assume will have had some form of relation with? I mean, he just met her like at the office. And now they're having a celebratory dinner with Devin as a chaperone, who you know is just going to go off and have a brandy and a cigar somewhere else and right. leave them alone. Right. I mean, you got to remember that in Slam and Sammy, Lisa had only known him for a couple days and then flat out just made out with him after he made that long jump. That's right. In the middle of the in the middle of the uh, the stunt show. Yeah. I'm putting her on the list. Okay. She's doing it. Um, yes, she is. Greg, you want to hear what's coming up next week? Oh, do I? Next episode is going to be uh, Season 1, Episode 7, Not a Drop to Drink. A cattle rancher asks Michael to foil politicians who want to steal his water rights. <laughs> How are they going to incorporate Kit into this? <laughs> I have no idea. I'm excited, though. I can't wait for it. Um, so, yeah, so as we're recording this, um, it's September 26th, so this is the second episode we've recorded this night. Um, Greg, Greg, we're going to take a week off because Greg's going to obviously he'll be he'll have just landed from Disney the next the next week. So we're going to be off for about a week and a half. So I'm really sad because I don't want to wait, mm. but I don't think it's fair for you to have to come all the way down to record next Wednesday. But our wonderful <laughs> listeners won't be left wanting because everything no. will be scheduled nope. as promised, scheduled out and ready to go. And when I come back, my my goal is to have some uh, Disney audio to share with everybody. A little a little snippet of my trip. I'm going to try to put something together, so uh, we'll have something there. Hopefully, absolutely. I'm not a total loser. No, you got this. Um. So yeah. So. You guys want to reach out to us? You can find us um, on all forms of social media. Uh, the best way to kind of to find all that stuff is to go to our website, champacline.com. C I A M P A K L E I N dot com. You can find us there. Uh, you can you can link directly to our Instagram, which is champacline. Twitter is champacline as well. Uh, Instagram, no, not Instagram. Facebook will just be. Uh, you can just search for Champa and Klein, and we'll pop right up. Um, Email, you can contact us right through the website. That's the best way to do that. Uh, another way for us to be heard uh, by other listeners is to leave us a rate and review on iTunes. Mm. Um, Transams only. Occasional, you guys want to add a modifier in there, you can do that. Um, but yeah, leave us a rate and review. We'd love for more people to uh, to take this journey with us. Absolutely. Um, so fun. Greg, do you have any closing thoughts before we uh, say goodnight? I don't. All right, guys. So I guess that's going to do it. So for the Knight Rider years, I am Senator Maggie Flynn's quick creep death. <laughs> I'm Lutheran Dixon's vegetable hide tanner for all your tanning and taxidermy needs. Wow. Have a fantastic week, everybody. K-I-T-T for easy reference. A kit if you prefer. What would you like to hear? Welcome to Champa and Klein, the Night Rider Years, a podcast by two friends who share a club of What happened? <laughs> Fuck that one up. There you have it, loyal listener. A fine example of what can truly be done with podcasting. Hard work, consistent output, and just the right amount of guidance from an enigmatic network overlord. Tune in again next week to see what timeless gem I dust off for your listening pleasure. Seriously. I need to get someone into this archive room and do some cleaning. It's filthy.
This has been a transmission of the Podfix Network. For more about this show and other great Podfix programs, go to podfixnetwork.com.